Mr. Reagan reads Babylon B. Mr. Reagan. A lot of people have asked me whether or not I actually have coffee in this coffee cup. In fact, they've accused me of not having coffee in the coffee cup, which I find really quite disappointing. I would think that the people who subscribe to this channel would think a little bit more of me than that. I do have coffee in here. Mmm. You hear that? Real actual liquid. That's not Coca-Cola. That is, in fact, real legitimate coffee. Although I do like a good Coca-Cola as well. Coke Zero. Because I've gotten a bit fat lately. All right, let's um, let's have a look at today's Babylon B. If this if this is a popular show, I'll turn it into a series. I think it's a kind of a good video. I think it's an entertaining, enjoyable kind of video. The world famous delivery app DoorDash has just announced that its security has been breached. Hackers have unloaded data on 4.9 million of its users. It seems like every other day, a powerful app has been compromised. Who's going to be next? One of the best things that you can do to help protect yourself online is sign up for a free 30-day trial of Virtual Shield VPN. This will allow you to create a secure connection from another network over the internet. Virtual Shield can be used to shield your browsing activity from prying eyes, whether on a public Wi-Fi connection, foreign country, or just at home. Here, let me show you how easy this is. I'm going to go to virtualshield.com and download the free 30-day trial. Install it and click connect. Once I'm connected, my IP address is now different than before. This month, Virtual Shield is offering a Halloween month-long special of 25% off all VPN plans and all premium add-ons, including Protection Plus, Residential Access, and VIP Performance Plans for as low as a cup of coffee. Sign up for a free 30-day trial to Virtual Shield VPN and see what all the hype is about. You have nothing to lose. What is Babylon B? Babylon B is a satirical news website. It's a little bit like The Onion, uh, but The Onion is very left-wing, very anti-Trump, very anti-conservative. This is less conservative and more Christian. It's a Christian satirical news site, um, but they do tend to be conservative-leaning, at least from what I've read. And I love it. You know, I, I feel a little bit hypocritical. Because I used to hate The Onion. I used to read The Onion. People used to post articles from The Onion on my Facebook feed. And I used to read the headlines and think, why is this funny? There's nothing funny about this. This is just a fake story that's obviously fake. Somehow it's like enjoyable to the left because uh, it's kind of like what they want to see in the news but isn't really happening. Let me give you an example from The Onion. Hold on. Let's see here. Okay, here's one. Trump assures Kurds there will one day be very nice tree planted in D.C. commemorating their deaths. I mean, it's like nasty, mean-spirited, not really funny. Let's see here. Trump, and there's a picture of him murdering somebody. GOP lawmakers watch silently as Trump strangles each of their loved ones in turn. I, so this is the kind of stuff that The Onion has always produced, and I've always thought news satire isn't funny. I mean, it's just not funny. It's just, the, these people are cringeworthy. They're not funny. You know, it's just very cringy satire. That's It's not funny satire. But then Babylon Bee came along, and this is why I feel hypocritical, because every article that the Babylon Bee, every post that I would see from Babylon Bee in my newsfeed or whatever it's called, it would, it would crack me up. And at first I thought it was The Onion, and I thought, oh man, The Onion's gotten good. <laughs> and look, you know, I, I mean, I suppose it's possible that they're part of the reason why I find it funnier is that it's more conservative, these, these posts. But I actually genuinely believe 
that the Babylon B comedians, the, the people that are writing these posts, are genuinely funny people. I mean, they have a they have actually have a good sense of humor, and the articles are actually funny. So I thought it would be good to do a segment on my channel where I just read articles from the Babylon Bee. In case you haven't heard of them before, some free advertising for Babylon Bee here. All right, so first article. Pope announces any time spent watching The View <laughs> counts counts as time served in purgatory. <laughs> I am clearly going to heaven. No purgatory for me. I've watched enough view for 10 purgatories, I think. All right, let's see here. Supreme Court rules putting Halloween costumes on pets constitutes cruel and unusual punishment. <laughs> I like that article because I don't tend to do that. I do have a, a slight fear, though, that my girlfriend might one day put a Halloween costume on Aston. But to be honest, I don't think that she would ever do such a thing. She doesn't even like the idea of putting a collar on him. I bought him a little tag just in case we take him to a park or something and he gets lost. But she was like, well, we can't use that because he'd have to have a collar. <laughs> so, so I guess we're going to get him chipped. All right. Church bulletin clearly designed in Microsoft Paint. <laughs> okay. Now, <laughs> now, for those of, uh, of us who go to church, this is actually hilarious, uh, especially because I, I've actually studied graphic design officially, like, taking courses in it and things like that. So, uh, yeah, whenever I have gone to church and looked at the bulletins in my adult life, I have been utterly dismayed at the poor quality. They do love to use papyrus font. This is their, this is like the go-to church font, papyrus. It's horrible, okay? Every church in the world, stop using papyrus. It looks ridiculous. It's embarrassing. Stop using it. But that's really funny. Yeah, church bulletins tend, tend to be designed very poorly. That's very funny. Let's see here. What else do we got? Democrats storm out of Syria meeting after getting into shouting match with Trump over whether a hot dog is a sandwich. <laughs> I don't know why that makes me laugh. That kills me. Let's see here. New smart doorbell. Were all- <laughs> I can't even read it. New smart doorbell will argue with Jehovah's Witnesses and Latter-day Saints missionaries for you. <laughs> You don't have to do the arguing yourself. And look, I have some very good friends who are Mormon and some very good friends who are Jehovah's Witnesses. Amazing people, all right? The other Protestant denominations tend to ridicule them, but they're, they're very, very good people. I shouldn't, I shouldn't join on that bandwagon of ridicule. They're doing good work, and they're good people. Let's see here. Police keep Antifa away from Columbus statues by taping job applications onto them. <laughs> That is my favorite one. That is my favorite one. There is no way Antifa's going near those statues. There's job applications. <sighs> yeah, that's funny. Yeah, I think job applications may be to Antifa what crosses are to vampires. They should actually have that on the SAT. Crosses are to vampires what blank are to Antifa. Job applications. Trump names Energizer Bunny new Secretary of Energy. <laughs> It's, that's a silly one, but I like it. Okay, Congress claims situation in Syria is bad, but not bad enough for them to actually declare war. You know, that's funny, because that's actually not a particularly funny headline, but it's actually a fairly salient point. I'm wondering what's going to happen with that. This is one issue that I haven't really taken a strong position on, because I don't have all the information. And the truth is, I don't think most of you have the information either. I don't think most of the pundits on television have all the information. I think it's very difficult to make decisions about war and where we put troops and where we pull out and stuff like that 
unless we have all the information. There's only one person that probably does have all the information, and that's Donald Trump. And there's a lot of people advising him. Uh, I, I don't I don't know. It's hard for me to be critical of what he's doing, but it's also hard for me to support what he's doing because I have no idea really what's happening over there. I've tried to read up on it a little bit. It seems pretty complicated. So I I don't know. I, I don't know what we need to do. Everybody's like, yes, Turkey is an ally, but they're doing some nasty things. So, you know, it's tough. It's a tough position for Trump to be in. I always say this about being a politician. If you're a politician with a lot of power, like a governor or a president, you know, you're a senator or something like this, to take strong positions on very important issues sometimes results in very, very significant consequences. So I always think of politics as the practice of engaging in ethical dilemmas. So let's say, you, and I've mentioned this before on the show, let's say there are 100 people that are going to die or 10 people that are going to die, depending on what decision you make, okay? Now, that seems like a natural thing, right? You just choose the 10 people. The 10 people need to die, right? Save the 100 people. Now, an overly optimistic, idealistic person might say, well, we could save them all. Let's find a third plan. And sometimes that is possible. But oftentimes, if you try to look for the third plan, then everybody dies. So if you have to act quickly, sometimes it's better just to make the tough choice and let the 10 people die in order to save the 100. The problem is that once we get into the issues of like identity politics and stuff like that, and people are rated uh, you know, in a hierarchy of value by the left, you get into situations where you say, okay, well, what if it's 100 men and 10 women? Well, then we have to save the women and kill the 100 men. What if it's um, 100 white people and 10 black people? Well, we got to save the black people. What if it's 100 Christians and 10 gays? Well, we got to save the gays, right? Because the left has this hierarchy, and obviously we're not always talking about life and death issues, where sometimes we're just talking about civil rights, you know, benefits, uh, legal status, this kind of stuff. When the left creates these hierarchies of priority and they categorize people in different ways and say, you're the good ones and you're the bad ones, we end up with a situation in which uh, some people really get screwed and we're making, we're making really bad political decisions based on biases that people have. I often say this is why you have to take emotion out of politics. It has to be what I call dispassionate. You have to be dispassionate when you're thinking about politics. And here's a good example of that. Say you're the president. Now, if you make a certain choice, 100 people will die. If you make another choice, 10 people will die. But the 10 people are your family. Then it's almost impossible to take emotion out of it. You cannot be dispassionate. And what ends up happening is you save the 10 people, let the 100 people die. It's a terrible decision. The whole world hates you, but you had to do it because that's your family. You know, and nobody would 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 blame a president for doing that, but it would be a situation in which that is not the person that should be making that decision. Obviously. So, yeah, funnily enough, a Babylon Bee article inspired a very serious conversation here. This is an interesting article. What does this say? Trump blamed for causing violence in typically peaceful Middle East. (laughs) Actually, that's an even better point than they made before. Okay. Uh, Yeah. I mean, (laughs) you know, it's amazing, actually. Sometimes satire and comedy make better points than, you know, the serious uh, pundits uh, make. 
Even with leftists comedians, sometimes they'll make pretty good points. South Park makes some really good points, both that support left ideas and right ideas, which I really like. This is brilliant, though. Trump blamed for causing violence in typical, typically peaceful Middle East. Yeah, the, the Middle East is, like, mental. The whole region is constantly fighting each other for, like, silly reasons over this little piece of land or that little piece of land or the historic beef that they have with each other or something. I mean, it's just really just silly. We need to kind of step away from that. We're now, I think, for the most part, energy independent. We don't rely on the Middle East for oil anymore. So there really isn't a good reason for us to be meddling over there anyway. I mean, we don't really have any interest in the Middle East. I mean, not not to the extent that we used to. So, yeah, I mean, I kind of agree with Trump in a way. Let's just step away from it and just let them kind of hash it out on their own. I do agree to some extent that very peaceful, innocent people should be protected in some way or another. I don't know if it's America's job to do that, though. Maybe that should be an international effort. Maybe that maybe we should fight against this kind of suffering through sanctions like Trump's doing. I'm not sure. It's a very, very tricky situation. Like I said before, I have not taken a firm stand on this because I just don't feel like I have all the information. <laughs> this, this may be my, next, my newest favorite. In response to question about raising taxes, Elizabeth Warren comes out as a gay man. <laughs> I love that. Because what better distraction is there than coming out as a gay man? I actually want to read that article. It's so good. Westerville, Ohio. After presidential candidate Elizabeth Warren was pressed on her plan to raise taxes on the middle class, Warren boldly answered the question by coming out as a gay man. (laughs) It's funny because she's so desperate not to answer that question. In fact, all of the leftist candidates, the other candidates, uh, really, really uh, nailed her on that the other night at the debate. I'm glad you asked, she said. Actually, this question has encouraged me to address some other things about my life, and I'm now ready to come clean. I have loved and had romantic encounters with men throughout my life, and I choose now to live as a gay man. (laughs) Warren gestured to her opponent, Pete Buttigieg. uh, (laughs) Warren gestured to her opponent, Pete Buttigieg, and nodded. (laughs) Just like this man here... I'm gay. <laughs> the audience stood up and applauded her bravery, not wanting to be outdone. Buddha Judge quickly came out as a double gay lesbian trapped in a man's body. That's too funny. That's so funny on so many levels. I'm telling you, these people are great. If you're not reading stuff for the Babylon Bee, you really ought to, to, ought to be. Let's see here. Was that video of Trump shooting his political foes in the face doctored? An in-depth analysis. <laughs> okay, I'm actually going to do a video on this. Yeah, there is a, there's a, a video that's been criticized pretty severely by the left, and their outrage is pretty much insane. We've had all kinds of violence in movies against all kinds of people. Christians, uh, there's, there's a ton of videos of like Snoop Dogg shooting Trump. There's Kathy Griffin holding up a severed Trump head. I mean, there's all kinds of, like, kill Trump stuff out there. So somebody doctored this video from a scene from The Kingsman. They put Donald Trump's head on Colin Firth's body. Colin Firth's going around and killing all these people in a church. And he took all the people in the church and he put, like, the CNN logo, the CBS logo. I think Kathy Griffin's head is on one person. Uh, You know, different news media people and companies. The logos of these companies are on people's heads and the faces of other people. And so instead of Colin Firth killing a bunch of random churchgoers, it's Donald Trump killing a bunch of media companies and, and different media personalities. And it's hilarious. I mean, it's, it's funny. It's silly. It's ridiculous. But then a bunch of people went on Twitter and, they were, and, and some reporters, some like legitimate reporters, 
and various people, including Kathy Griffin, which is hilarious, they all came out and they were like, oh, this is, this is dangerous. This is terrible. How could somebody do this? This advocates violence, violence against us. Uh, never mind that the original video was somebody shooting up a church full of people. Never mind that. That was fine when they did that, when, the, when Hollywood made that original fi- you know, film with that original scene. That was all fine. The really, the real problem comes when you put Trump's head on on Colin Firth's body, and you make all the uh, parishioners or all the uh, the churchgoers, uh, media figures or media companies. Then, oh, now now it's dangerous. Now it's now it's inspiring violence. Give me a break. I think my tweet was something like, "Kathy Griffin is right. I I feel all murdery now," <laughs> like as if that video was somehow going to inspire Trump supporters to kill people. Please, I mean, it's just so it's just so inane. It's so stupid of these people to think that this is that, that Trump supporters are this stupid. All right, let me read another one of these headlines here. Elizabeth Warren recalls how she lost her teaching job when her fake mustache fell off, revealing... <laughs> this is so stupid. Elizabeth Warren recalls how she lost her teaching job when her fake mustache fell off, revealing she's a woman. <laughs> I, I'm really actually just laughing at the picture here. This is too funny. This is too funny. <laughs> Elizabeth Warren is so full of crap. You know, you know, it's really weird to me that she's lying so much about all of this stuff. Like, I've, I've talked about this before in another video. There's an idea, I think, amongst feminists and, and amongst leftists in general, but specifically amongst uh, feminists, where they will actually tell stories of their own struggles um, that aren't real, that are fake, fake stories of struggle in order to illustrate the stories of struggle that they believe other women have endured, right? So if they believe that women, uh, you know, have lost their jobs because they were pregnant, which I think is actually true. I think that actually happened to my sister, but I probably shouldn't say that on camera. Sorry, Katie. So it does happen, and it has happened in the past. So I think some feminists feel like, well, because, say, you know, Mr. Reagan's sister's story isn't being told around the country. I should tell that story. I should tell that story. I have a, a pulpit. I have a, a bully pulpit, if you will. I, I can. I have a large audience. I can speak to a lot of people. They listen to me. I'll tell this story, except people won't care if it's some random person. So I'll make the story about me, and it'll serve two purposes. One, it'll convince people that this is a real problem that needs to be addressed because it happened to me. And two, It'll garner sympathy for me, and so it'll help me in my career. And so there's this sort of sneaky idea that it's, it's yes, it's self-serving, but it's okay because it, it, it serves a grander purpose of spreading this message of oppression or um, inequality or whatever it is that I think the message is that it's being expressed. So I do think that Elizabeth Warren has bought into this, and she feels as if she can tell this story because maybe it's not her story personally, but it is a story that should be told, and therefore, why not? Why shouldn't she benefit from this? She's a woman, too. Why not? Well, I'll tell you why, Elizabeth Warren, because you're friggin' successful as heck, okay? Nobody has ever obviously stopped you from succeeding in your life. You have held some of the most prestigious positions that exist on the planet. You taught at Harvard. You're a U.S. senator, right? You're running for president. You have enjoyed so much of the privilege that you claim that other people have that the fact that you pretend to be oppressed is really probably the most laughable thing in politics right now, aside from the existence of Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. <laughs> Oh, this is a good one. Survey finds more people would support impeachment if they knew what crime Trump was supposed to have committed. 
I kind of want to read this one. A new study found that support of impeaching President Trump would rise significantly if somebody, anyone, could just tell people what crime Trump is supposed to have committed. Republicans and many independents are stubbornly resisting the impeachment inquiry as though you have some kind of reason to impeach the president. Democrats oppose this logic, saying that impeaching a president who insists on being... (laughs) who insists on being Trump is a constitutional duty. (laughs) (laughs) Many Americans are just kind of confused by the whole thing and are waiting for something more interesting to come onto TV. Here's a quote. Impeachment is pulling pretty strong just going on emotional stuff, said one pollster. But man, if we could point out some kind of impeachable offense, the numbers would go way, way up. (laughs) We're talking very strong support once there's a crime to impeach for. Man, if we could just find that Trump, like, secretly nuked Canada or something, that would be the smoking gun, he added wistfully. (laughs) (laughs) A small minority of Americans said that they would support Trump even if there ends up being a clear, blatant high crime exposed, though this demographic was almost entirely made up of televangelists and Sebastian Gorka. (laughs) That's horrible because I know Sebastian Gorka and he's an awesome guy, you jerk faces at Babylon B. (laughs) I hate you now. I'll never read you again. Let's read another one. Constitution slowly disappearing like in Back to the Future. (laughs) According to stunned officials working at the National Archives, the text of the United States Constitution has slowly begun disappearing from existence, much like Marty McFly and his family in the classic 1985 sci-fi adventure film Back to the Future. Experts stated that the text began to mysteriously disappear sometime after the Bush administration and rapidly accelerated under both Barack Obama and Donald Trump. It's exactly like in Spielberg's classic adventure film, when the time loop paradox began to corrupt the timeline and the McFly's slowly started to disappear from existence. Dr. Emmett Christopher... Dr. Emmett Christopher... It's very funny. An expert in American history said, if something isn't done immediately, the entire Constitution will be erased from history forever. Great Scott, he added. At At publishing time, witnesses in New York claimed the Statue of Liberty was also beginning to fade from view. Uh, That's funny because Emmett Emmett Brown is the name of uh, the the doc in Back to the Future, and uh, Christopher Lloyd is the name of the actor. So that was a clever little thing there. Uh, Also... I I should point out that it was not Spielberg's classic film. He did produce it. But the film was actually directed by Robert Zemeckis. Let's see here. Let's read one more. One more. Ellen outed as conservative after she treats others with respect. Oh, that's my favorite one. There's so many. There's so many good ones. I could read this all day. I mean, I I honestly could read this all day. This is like, I, I can't because I have other work to do. But this kills me. So if you're not subscribed to the Babylon Bee or you don't read it ever, uh, I would suggest going to the website, signing up. You know, I don't usually post their stuff on my Facebook channel, but but I may start after this because why not? Because they're friggin' brilliant. So, uh, yeah, join my Facebook channel, actually. Look for Mr. Reagan on Facebook and uh, join my Twitter at Mr. Reagan USA. And the reason I say this is because... I've been noticing that I'm actually losing more subscribers than I'm gaining lately. And I suspect that may be because my content isn't any good anymore, even though I, I think it's okay. I don't know, I don't know why uh, I'm not getting so many views. But, but I also suspect that somehow YouTube is trying to crush me. I, I don't think they're specifically targeting me, actually. I think they're probably targeting a whole group of conservatives. I'm probably just on some list of like bad YouTube channels that YouTube wants to suppress. So as we get closer to the 2020 election... I think that uh, it's probably going to be harder and harder to find my videos, which I think is pretty messed up. So anyway, join my Twitter, at Mr. Reagan USA, and get on my Facebook, 
Uh, just look for Mr. Reagan on Facebook. You'll find me. And I post all my videos there, and I also talk about you know other stuff. I make jokes and, and post beautiful things. And occasionally I get my buddy Kurt Franklin to write tweets. So uh, I cannot be blamed for everything. <laughs> the Asian jokes will probably be from him. All right. Well, that's for me. If you guys like this episode... Post a comment telling me that you liked it, so I'll produce more of these. If you don't like it, uh, just don't say anything. I'm sensitive. (laughs) Not really. Yeah, you can say whatever you like. Okay, well, that's it for me. And remember, it's not that our liberal friends are ignorant. It's just they know so much that isn't so. Good night. We have so many people who can't see a fat man standing beside a thin one without coming to the conclusion the fat man got that way by taking advantage of the thin one. President, in talking about the continuing recession tonight, you have blamed mistakes of the past, and you have blamed the Congress. Does any of the blame belong to you? Yes, because for many years I was a Democrat. Ha, ha, ha!